0: Good evening. A grim milestone for COVID in America, but foreign travel by vax tourists is okay. Customs officers use whips on Haitian migrants in Texas, killer drones, and 10 years since Don't Ask, Don't Tell. With these and other stories, I'm Paul DiRienzo with the WBAI News for Monday, September 20th, 2021. COVID-19 has now killed approximately 675,000 Americans, about as many Americans as the 1918-1919 Spanish flu pandemic did. The U.S. population a century ago is just one-third of what it is today, meaning the flu cut a much bigger, more lethal swath through the country. But the COVID-19 crisis is by any measure a colossal tragedy in its own right, especially given the incredible advances in scientific knowledge since then. While the Delta-fueled surge and infections may have peaked, United States deaths are running at at over 1,900 a day on average, the highest level since early March. The 1918-19 influenza pandemic killed 50 million victims globally at a time when the world had one-quarter the population it does now. Global deaths from COVID-19 now stand at more than 4.6 million. And Pfizer said today its COVID-19 vaccine works for children ages 5 to 11 and that it will seek U.S. authorization for this age group soon, a key step towards beginning vaccinations for youngsters. The vaccine made by Pfizer and its German partner BioNTech already is available for anyone 12 and older. But with kids now back in school and the extra contagious Delta variant causing a huge jump in pediatric infections, there's been a push to get uh, the shots into younger and younger People. Meanwhile, Cuba last week began immunizing children as young as two with its homegrown vaccines, and Chinese regulators have cleared two of its brands down to age three. And with the administration announced today, it will. Lift COVID-19 travel restrictions starting in November, which will also affect travelers from China, Brazil, South Africa and India. The move signals the end of a travel ban imposed by Donald Trump more than 18 months ago in the early stages of the pandemic and comes after intense lobbying from Brussels and London. It was welcomed by Boris Johnson, the British prime minister, who tweeted, It's a fantastic boost for business and trade and great that family and friends on both sides of the pond can be reunited once again. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki.
1: Back in July, we also announced that there were a series of working groups that were both interagency and working with a range of countries and partners in the world to determine what the most equitable and clear policies should be moving forward to resume broader international travel. And the older rules were not equitable in our view, and they were a bit confusing. This was an effort to pursue that. Starting in November, we will be implementing, I should say, in in early November, we'll be putting in place strict protocols to prevent the spread of COVID-19 from passengers flying internationally into the United States by requiring that adult foreign nationals traveling to the United States be fully vaccinated. Obviously, this is the conclusion of a policy process on that particular issue, an important one facing many people around the world.
0: Jen Sackey. Additionally, in more immigration news, the Senate parliamentarian today determined uh, or earlier this weekend, I guess, determined that lawmakers cannot include a pathway to citizenship for illegal aliens, I guess, migrants, I say, in a budget reconciliation package. But Representative Ilhan Omar, Democrat of Minnesota, is pushing the Senate and the Biden administration to do it anyway. Senate Parliamentarian Elizabeth Dunna determined last night that the provision fell outside the scope of what is allowed in a reconciliation bill which cannot be filibustered, thus requiring the support of only a simple majority in the Senate. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer.
2: Last night's ruling was extremely disappointing. It saddened me, it frustrated me, it angered me, because so many lives are at stake, but make no mistake. The fight continues. Senate Democrats have prepared alternative proposals. We'll be holding additional meetings with the parliamentarian in the coming days. I've worked very closely with my colleagues, including Chairman of the Judiciary Committee, Senator Durbin, as well as our our four Latino senators, Padilla, Menendez, Lujan, and Cortez Masto. And we're gonna continue our fight with the best options available to provide immigrants with a chance of obtaining lawful residence.
0: And as Congress dithers on immigration reform, 2,000 miles away, more than 6,000 Haitians and other migrants have been removed from an encampment at a Texas border town. U.S. officials said today as they defended a strong response that included immediately expelling migrants to their impoverished Caribbean country and using horse patrols to stop them from entering the town. Calling it a challenging and heartbreaking situation, Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas issued a stark warning. If you come to the United States illegally, you will be returned. Your journey will not succeed and you'll be endangering your life and your family's life. But the horrifying conditions, which have been called third world, were uh, exposed in a shocking video depicting what are apparently border police on horseback using whips to attack migrants and force them back Onto the encampment from the riverbank. Here's some sounds from a video of the scene.
3: We're
1: having a hard time. Our family sends us money, but we can't eat. We have children, but don't have diapers. Look, now I have to cross to the Mexican side with wet money to be able to buy things for the child, and we have nothing. We're unable to eat. I need help with everything that's happening to us over there because there are a lot of children, and they're only removing
0: the single parents, and the children are left alone. Just imagine. And as a Haitian migrant at the southern border... In this extended clip, Washington Press um, Administration Press Secretary Jen Psaki fielded intense questions about the incident.
1: I've seen some of the footage. I don't have the full context. I can't imagine what context would make that appropriate, but I don't have additional details. Uh, and certainly, I don't have additional context. April, I don't think anyone seeing that footage uh, would think it was acceptable or appropriate. Our immigration policy is not about one country or discriminating against one country over another. We want to end that and put, and hopefully put an end to what we saw over the last four years. Let me start with Afghan allies. Uh, Af- who are arriving in our country are entering in a sanctioned and orderly process that includes vetting and security screenings led by the Departments of State, Defense, and Homeland Security. It's not about one particular country of origin, but we've outlined very specifically in here what those processes look like as individuals who are evacuated go to lily pad countries, go through security vetting before they come to the United States on a range of programs as it relates to individuals who are coming across the border, wherever they're wherever they're coming from, whatever country they're coming from, Title 42 remains in place. There are a range of programs that people who are in the country can apply for, or may be eligible for, including TPS for Haiti, which is something that we still are continuing to look at and review. The Secretary of State, the Secretary of Homeland Security are constantly assessing circumstances on the ground that would necessitate a TPS designation for any country. And they've obviously made a couple of designations over the course of the last f- couple of months as it relates to Haiti. Our objective and our focus is not only in uh, implementing current immigration policies. We have also been working to provide a range of assistance, working closely with officials from the government, as individuals are going back to Haiti to provide a range of financial assistance, to provide a range of technical assistance. That is ongoing. And we certainly support and want to be good actors in supporting uh, Haiti during a very difficult time, as you noted, with a government that is still working to get back to a point of stability uh, with uh, recovery from an earthquake. And that's why we have a range of, uh, of programs programs, options, as well as financial support in place.
4: The Haitian officials have said, can you please have a pause on this? Is there any sort of discussion being made to make exemptions for some of these migrants? If so, who would those people be? Or are all of these people just gonna end up dropped back in Haiti? (laughs) Well.
1: First, I would say, I mean, we are constantly assessing circumstances on the ground. Uh, Obviously, the Secretary of State and the Secretary of Homeland Security are the ones who would assess uh, circumstances like TPS status, which would be one that we granted and and adjusted over the course of the last several months to account for circumstances on the ground in Haiti. I can't make any predictions of that, uh, but I would just reiterate that uh, obviously our objective here is to not just work to address the circumstances, which are very difficult, in Del Rio, but also to continue to work with the officials in Haiti to improve the conditions, to provide assistance. We're doing all of these pieces at the same time. It is not just one at the same time. But I can't predict for you what an assessment uh, would look like or what the outcome of that assessment would look like.
3: I know you said
4: that you're still assessing it, but just to to add, if this is what we see, is is it the president's stance or or the White House's stance that whoever these border agents are using, what seems to be whips on migrants, that that they would be fired or at least never be able to do that again uh, of
1: course they should never be able to do it again i don't know what the circumstances would be it's obviously horrific the footage i don't have any more information on it so let me venture to do that and we'll see if there's more to convey karen go ahead uh, i think april i absolutely understand your question i think i've been very clear about how horrific the footage is i don't have more information as a u.s official it's re- i have a responsibility to get more context and information go ahead following up on haiti Some of the Haitian migrants at the border told VOA that they were treated worse than their Spanish-speaking counterparts, that they were denied the chance to change clothing, that they were not given adequate information on their deportation or their deportation status. And we had one guy say to us, it was like being in jail, no food, nothing. You know, what is your response to this? Is this policy? And then just secondly, um, Haitian Americans say that this mass deportation and this treatment of of people at the border is is, a... the president going back on campaign promises to their community. In which c- campaign promise? Uh, <laughs> to help them. Um get over some of the challenges facing Haiti and also to help people migrate to the U.S.? Well, the president committed to extending temporary protected status to Haiti, which is something he did. And he extended that, we extended that to a longer period of time to account for the turmoil on the ground following the assassination uh, on the grounds of their leader. So uh, that was the campaign commitment that he made. but. I think I can assure people that that is not our policy. Obviously, uh, any circumstance where individuals are not treated humanely, uh, whether they are coming to our border or not, is not in line with the Biden administration policies. Uh, This is clearly a very challenging circumstance on the ground, one where we have worked under our Department of Homeland Security to uh, expedite surge resources, which includes um, World Central Kitchen bringing in meals, the American Red Cross bringing in much-needed resources to the population. Uh, these are all steps we've taken from a humanitarian perspective. It does not mean that every individual, uh, that there aren't individuals, as are, as you evidence, that didn't have experiences where they did not have access to these resources. But our policies to provide resources is to, pre- to pre- uh, treat people humanely. But we also need to implement what is our law and what is our uh, and what that is implementing Title 42 uh, and continuing to um, uh, to um, uh, ensure that people who are not coming here lawfully are are sent back to the countries they came from.
0: As Press Secretary Jen Psaki today uh, taking questions on the incident, which began with uh, apparent use of a whip by a, a horseback riding uh, American border security agent on Haitians who are trying to cross the southern border into the United States across the Rio Grande River. Also this afternoon, Defense Department spokesperson John Kirby says the military is providing indirect assistance to the Border Patrol, contracting for non-military aircraft to return the refugees to Haiti.
4: The department would provide contracted air transportation for Customs and Border Patrol on a reimbursable basis to temporarily supplement CBP efforts to move non-U.S. citizen migrants from Del Rio, Texas, to other uh, domestic CBP processing facilities. And this support will conclude on or before October 20th uh, of this year, and it can be provided with minimal minimal risk to uh, current DOD missions. I would just, again, highlight contracted air We're not talking about military aircraft right now and on a reimbursable basis and then to be provided at minimal risk to current DOD missions.
0: Haiti, among the Western Hemisphere's poorest countries, suffered a major earthquake earlier this summer following a bloody attempted coup and presidential assassination. Added the effects of recent killer hurricanes, many Haitians have been trying, along with thousands of others from around the world, to reach safety in the United States. And you're listening to the news on WBAI New York. I'm Paul DiRienzo. President Joe Biden says he supports an investigation into the August drone strike that killed 10 civilians and up to seven children in Afghanistan. Department of Defense Press spokesperson John Kirby says the Defense Department is launching an investigation to assess what went wrong and who might be held accountable. The secretary of the Air Force
4: to task a senior flag general officer at the rank of three star or above to conduct a review of the Central Command investigation. Part of that review will be to examine the investigation itself, the thoroughness of the investigation, study the degree to which any policies, procedures, or targeting mechanisms may need to be altered going forward, if any. And, of course, to then take a look at what levels of accountability might be appropriate,
0: and if so, at what level. Kirby went on to say drones and what he calls over-the-horizon capabilities will continue to be used in Afghanistan.
4: We are not the same country that we were on 9/11 in terms of our ability to defend ourselves from these kinds of attacks. Uh, the intelligence communities are much more networked now and coordinated, and we have far more capability in uh, in space and in cyber and in certainly in the aviation realm than we did in 2001 uh, to try to keep eyes on and to be able to gather and and analyze intelligence. We also have just better kinetic capabilities than we have. We didn't have in 2001 anywhere near the unmanned aerial capability that we have now. So we have advanced a lot. It doesn't make you perfect. It doesn't mean that you don't still have to work hard uh, to make sure that
0: you get it right. But activist Nick Modern of Ban Killer Drones says drones have killed thousands of innocent people and are used secretly by the United States worldwide.
3: The military does not want to acknowledge that this technology that they're using with uh, employs artificial intelligence, drone surveillance has fundamental flaws that can never be totally remedied. There are many factors that, if you have people on the ground. They can observe what's going on. Assassination on demand, attack on demand that's enabled by high technology leads to these errors and has been leading to these errors since drone attacks began, which were U.S. drone attacks began on October 7, 2001 with the invasion of Afghanistan. Daniel Hale has revealed the truth. This technology has to be put back in the box. We wouldn't have had all of this misery since 2015 when he revealed this information. Instead, John Kirby at the Pentagon says, well, we have to discuss this, investigate. So this never happens again with new procedures rather than saying we have understood the technology is flawed. It can never be made to work. And as with cluster bombs and landmines, we have to put this aside. This can no longer be used. And we're going to now see a whole lot of excuses that are paraded out saying that this can now henceforth be done safely. And it's it's just impossible. And the American people have finally been exposed to what's been going on for the last 20 years, basically. This has been kept from them. The mistake, if you want to say the mistake made by The Biden administration was fired drones shot down into a city where the international press could be all over investigating this, interviewing people, looking for
0: physical evidence, videotapes. And this is why this was exposed. How many people do you think were totally not the intended targets who were killed by drone attacks during this war?
3: There have been 10,000 people conservatively documented as victims. Of that number, it could be that 90 percent had nothing to do with it if you go by what Daniel Hale revealed. Furthermore, nothing is said about the terror that has spread through the communities that can cause people PTSD just to witness strikes. You have people lost education, lost jobs. Some people have turned into refugees
0: because of it. Biden says this is over the horizon and it's going to um, help stop terrorism from spreading out of Afghanistan.
3: He's also said that Over the Horizon is the new name for these drone attacks that have been going on around the world and that the world is now going to experience Over the Horizon. I guess it comes from something like Somewhere Over the Rainbow. I don't know how they concocted this. This is not going to be limited to Afghanistan. It has not been. It's a determined, thoroughgoing policy that they have in mind. The horror of Abul. Will continue in other places secretly. Congress has totally washed its hands of dealing with this. They think the American people love it, and so they want to give and have given all presidents carte blanche to carry forward with
0: this. And Obama, of course, was the preeminent. And that's uh, activist Nick Motor and a ban killer drones. As he said at the end, there it was under the Obama administration that some uh, of the most intense. Drone activity was used against uh, people in the uh, forever wars against terror, Afghanistan and Iraq. And in Washington, President Biden today commemorated the 10th anniversary of the repeal of the military's Don't Ask, Don't Tell rule, saying a great injustice was remedied on the occasion. The rule allowed gay persons in the military as long as they were not outed. DOD's John Kirby says it was a good decision to allow open participation by gays, lesbians and others in the military.
4: The issued a statement recognizing the 10-year anniversary of the repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell. The repeal eliminated a significant barrier to equal treatment in an effort to pursue a more equitable, diverse, inclusive, and accessible Department of Defense. I might also add a more effective military. As the Secretary said, by insisting on standards of merit and allowing all those who are qualified to serve in uniform, we avail ourselves of more talent, better leaders, and innovative solutions to the security challenges that we face around the world. The repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell improved the diversity, equity, and inclusion across our force, and it makes us more representative not only of the nation we defend, but a wiser and stronger and without question better able to defend this nation.
0: And that is John Kirby, Department of Defense spokesperson. The Clinton administration on December 21st, 1993 issued Defense Directive 1304.26, which directed that military applicants were not to be asked about their sexual orientation. This policy is now known as don't ask, don't tell. The phrase was coined by Charles Moscos, a military sociologist. And in local news, the battle over voting rights sweeping the country in recent years is making its way to New York City as the city council pushes legislation to give some non-citizens the right to vote in municipal elections. Today, the council held a hearing on a bill that would allow nearly a million non-citizens with green cards or work permits to vote in city elections. The bill has the backing of immigrant groups and a majority of the council, but faces skepticism from the de Blasio administration. The bill would allow lawful permanent residents or persons authorized to work in the U.S. US, who have lived in New York City for at least 30 consecutive days to vote in municipal elections. And a Rikers Island detainee died Sunday night, the 11th death this year of an inmate on the city's scandal plague jail complex. The Department of Corrections said Karim Isabdul, 42, who they said was in custody at the North Infirmary Command on Rikers Island, died at approximately 7.25 p.m. Sunday. According to the Department of Corrections, is blue is Abdul was being held on state parole violations and entered custody on August 18th. Recently, a number of uh, uh, the governor had released a number over 100 uh, inmates at Rikers Island and other prisons, who were uh, violated for uh, technical violations of their parole, which uh, New York State leads the country in uh, violating people for technical violations of their parole and then uh, returning them to jail. In a statement, Department of Correction Commissioner Vincent Chiraldi said the death so far appears to be natural, and that an investigation is underway. Meanwhile, yesterday, the uh, earlier today, the uh, mayor. Bill de Blasio was out in Southeast Queens to uh, mark the opening of a new 116th Precinct Station House for the NYPD in Queens. He was there uh, uh, with uh, Representative Meeks and others who had been responsible for the construction of the jail, uh, of the, pardon me, of the uh, uh, police precinct. He had this to say.
2: Really hard sometimes to get a message heard at City Hall. I can absolutely attest um, sometimes government doesn't listen. Sometimes government doesn't act. This one makes so much sense. The simple message is this. Southeast Queens deserves this. Southeast Queens has a right to public safety and reform. I agree with Donovan 100%. Both happen together. But we couldn't do it right without a new facility. And a new facility is actually going to help bring the community into policing while making policing more responsive for everyone. Southeast Queens is one of the neighborhoods that anchors all of New York City. Not just all of Queens, all of New York City. You deserve the very best. You deserve this new precinct. It is finally here. I guarantee you it will be worth the wait. Because it will be beautiful, it will be new, and it will make the community safer. God bless you, thank you, and congratulations. This is your day. Let's go break the ground.
0: the mayor earlier today at the groundbreaking For a new precinct in southeastern Queens. And finally, U.S. stocks had their biggest drop since May as traders worried about potential ripple effects if a debt laden Chinese real estate company defaults and the likelihood that the Federal Reserve will signal that it will pull back its supports for markets in the economy. Worries about heavily indebted Chinese real estate developers and the damage they could do to investors worldwide if they default rippled across markets. Investors are also concerned that the U.S. Federal Reserve could signal this week that it's planning to pull back some of the supports. Measures. What's happened here, said Michael Orgone, a chief investment strategist at State Street Global Advisors, is that the list of risks has finally become too big to ignore. There's just a lot of uncertainty at a seasonally challenging time for markets. And that's some of the news for Monday, September 20th, 2021. The news is produced by Linda Perry, our engineer is Reggie Johnson. From New York City, I'm Paul Durienzo. Thanks for listening.